0: Recently on Morning Focus, we were joined by Dr Siobhan O'Connor from Claire Haven uh, to chat about the increase in the number of women and children seeking their services and accommodation and refuge and the, the difficulties they're having. I guess uh, accommodating everybody and uh, that inspired one listener to uh, contact us and that is Sarah and she joins us now. Uh, Good morning to you Sarah. Thanks very much for coming into the studio. Hi Alan, how are you? You listened to that interview and decided to get in touch with us and what myself and Javon were chatting about really struck you. It had deep resonance with you and your own story.
1: Yeah it did Alan. I spent a lot of time in Clarehaven Refuge over the last few months and due to there being no accommodation available realistically or any house that comes up in County Clare, the applicants are, you know, it's a, a flood flood of applicants for each house and I think, I guess, through the women I met in that refuge, I mean, I, I'm the, one of the lucky ones and I stuck it out and whatever... Um, I've come out the other side of it, but I met an awful lot of women in there who who didn't who went back home where abuse has taken place who who couldn't um couldn't find new accommodation or couldn't you know couldn't get past the stumbling blocks that are there in place when you do leave and people ask that question, well, why didn't she just leave? Yeah. The reasons are well there's so many of them too many of them, but that's kind of a thing that everybody chimes why didn't she leave you know why did she stay but when you do leave you're faced with being homeless with your children losing all your possessions maybe if you do walk away you're faced with all these new challenges that when you're in a relationship like that your confidence levels are down on the floor anyway you don't think you can make it out And then you're told by maybe all these other agencies and like Clarehaven is massively, the the work they're doing is fantastic. They do, they want to help everybody, but they can't. They have six rooms and that's kind of that, you know, they can take what they can, but there's, like Siobhan said, how many for each one call in? There's three that they're letting, and it's not letting down, it's just how it is. But um, even with that, I think, you know, people need to know that it it, it is possible. It, you, it can, you know, if we, with all this in the media about there being no houses, there being no access for, you know, emergency accommodation, blah, blah, blah. They still need to get out. If people are listening to this who are in that kind of relationship, you know, it is possible. I have done it. Like, it's still always... Better, no matter what kind of situation you're in, even if you're living in horrible emergency accommodation, all jammed into one tiny room, it's still better than living with him. It's still better than living in that situation that you were in and, you know, being abused and traumatised every day. All of those stumbling blocks, you can get over them, if you know what I'm saying. And even though there seems to yeah. be so many, like women like me, I suppose they don't realise their worth until they leave him and they have long enough time away from him and sometimes that's not possible with children and access and this and that to really get away from him
0: but Hard to cut to sever all ties Yes
1: There is help you know even if you're not ready to go to Clare Haven and tell them you know it's time to kind of stand up to all of this I was in a group this morning over this that you know, the voices of children now, they need to be heard as well. Children who are living in the same thing. They're experiencing the same abuse in different ways, maybe, or in the same ways. And not enough is being done here. Like, there's women being murdered, left, right and centre in this country. And people are sad over it for a couple of days. But Nothing actually seems to be getting done. It continues. And it's continuing and yeah. continuing, and these men are getting away with it. It's too, like, the justice system is very complicated to get through, and an awful lot of people wouldn't bother. I mean, the garda are helpful at the time, but when it comes to making statements and going further, that's another massive stumbling block that I know a lot of women who tried and didn't maybe come out with the better end of it. I I got in touch because, yeah, I wanted, I think, your listeners to know that it's everywhere, seemingly, from my experience in groups and um, in in Clarehaven. It seems to be almost like we're all telling the same story, but we have different addresses. There could be a lot of the same manipulation tactics, the same insults, the same the same control, the same things, but different address. That's what we say and we find.
0: Can you give us a sense of, you know, obviously your situation was, was awful because that people who find themselves in that position need to seek help and refuge from Clare Haven, but what was your own situation like? How did it start? How long did it go on for before you took that decision, which I'm sure wasn't easy to leave the home and, and seek refuge mm.
1: now the decision I suppose like I'm telling people to do it without thinking now and go but it was kind of taken out of my hands it was a final assault in 2022 where an ambulance I had to leave in an ambulance and it was you know it sounds awful but it was the best thing he did for me because I mean I had spent many weeks hidden in my house with you know, black eyes with with bruises, with things broken, with with no attendance to a doctor because I wasn't allowed or because I was too ashamed or, you know, that final assault was the one on paper that plucked me out of there and insisted I get help because it was, you know, maybe it wasn't the worst to me that that day. I was pretty much unconscious for most of the assault, but... It was the worst, it was the only recorded one and it was I couldn't hide away from it anymore, if you know what I mean. I couldn't pretend that this wasn't him doing this anymore. I had to answer up to it. So maybe, you know, I got kind of an easier... I know that doesn't sound like an easier way out to anybody to be that injured and still now have problems over it um, more than a year on, but the decision... Was made for me because I was hospitalised and uh, you know my life was in severe jeopardy. And then through that, I was placed in the haven, and because I was so injured, I guess you know they gave me a lot more time and 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 that's how it started for me. And I don't, I know that doesn't sound like a, a nice story, but it was it was what got me out. And but I'd hope that your listeners wouldn't wait till that point. Do you know, till they thought, like, I did think there was a possibility I wasn't going to make it, you know, in that ambulance.
0: Yeah, you're, you're able to speak from hindsight now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Can I ask, you, like, how how long were you putting up with this kind of disgusting behaviour? And Over was it something that went on years. for the entire relationship or did it oh. just re- rear its head after a couple of COVID months or years? COVID really
1: struck. COVID really made it 10 times worse, the lockdown. And I think a lot of women would feel the same there was any man who had maybe the want of that control all of a sudden in, you know we were all locked into our homes there was nobody really checking up properly and there mm-hmm. wasn't any appointments to be going to there wasn't any school there wasn't any anything to for people to be questioning you were all we were all locked in our homes and people like that became tyrants in my eyes do you know that's really what happened it just it escalated badly now it was always there I knew it was but it doesn't start like that you wouldn't go on a second date or meet up again if you had you know a broken ankle after the first one you just wouldn't but it doesn't start like that it's very insidious it's, it starts with being told you know you being told what to do that you're not able that you're Hopeless, and you're stupid, and this and that, and these little—they only start slightly, and then maybe one day things will blow up, and he might smash up something. But it's not you; he hasn't touched you yet. But uh, you know, this is how they start.
0: It's like a portent of yeah, dreadful it, things to come.
1: Yeah, and it's it's very insidious and calculating from day one. But you don't know that you're trauma bonded very quickly. It's like a hook line thing. It's you know reel someone in, maybe a vulnerable person, but they have a lot going for them, maybe. And, you know, that's what these men kind of take away. They are never going to have those things. They're never going to be um, happy. They're never going to be loving. They're never going to, you know, these are these are disordered men. They, they shouldn't be called men. They're disordered toddlers who haven't been looked after properly or whatever in their own past it doesn't make an excuse for how they are as adults but they're not well themselves and they shouldn't I don't know how it's going to end with all these figures that are going up and up and it's not just that but nobody counts in the women who've jumped into the canals or who've driven off cliffs or who've taken enough drink that they're you know, th- th- so it's that's like no all. To do with it too, but they're not down on paper as, you know, just because they're not murdered in cold blood. Mm. But it's still the fault of the perpetrator and the abuser that these women have fallen into that. You and I know sir? I'm same women and men. But you know, I know it can be the opposite way. I'm yeah. not in any way saying that it's all, men or.
0: No, we, we we understand that, and I mean, you did mention earlier on, sir, the children and. No child should ever have to find themselves in this situation. Every child, I think it's fair enough to say, is entitled to have a happy, peaceful childhood. And children who are involved in a situation where domestic abuse is going on, unfortunately, uh, that's uh, not open to them. And there, there are children in this situation as well. How badly do you think they were affected or how much did you Severely. try to shield them from the worst of what's going on although by the yeah. sounds of it, very hard to yeah, um, keep facial injuries and bruises yeah, uh, yeah. from this them Yeah
1: yeah the thing you can't um, shield them and they're going around living in a kind of a strange bubble I suppose of who they can and can't talk to anymore because of what's going on at home at the minute Bernardo's and Clarehaven are doing an awful lot of work with the younger children been through it because that's where it's kind of starting you know to the seeds are sown then as to what's right and wrong so they're really trying now to take on board these children who've been like involved in or living with with abuse and violence they call it hurting hurting and fighting so that it's easier for them to name out loud with teachers say or to disclose to somebody. And it really is a case of now, out there publicly, like, you know, I would say that everybody who's lucky enough not to be in that situation or not to... Or maybe they've escaped it. They need to also look out for indicators of people who are in it. You know, maybe we are all responsible as a community to look out for it now. And, you know, this whole behind closed doors and all leave them to it because it's their business, that needs to stop... Because children are living in hell, I know, you know that they are, and the things that they've seen, and the things that, you know, that they are going to fight for the rest of their lives. Really, in groups, or I mean, there's lots of hope for them. There really is with Claire Haven and um, with Bernardo's and other groups and organisations. But people need to look out for it more, I think, because it's obvious that it's the statistics are showing that it's you know, it, domestic violence doesn't discriminate. It's everywhere. It's not just marginalised people that you know are what people think. Yeah. But it's everywhere. It's people in power. So everybody is responsible for looking out for children who are being exposed to it, and there is a whole thing of. You know, d- people don't want to make it worse. People don't want to give children anything that they could go home with and be in more danger because these, these men are dangerous. Like,
0: How many years did you put up with this abusive, violent behaviour before you and your children got out of there and availed of the services from Clarehaven?
1: really. Alan, um, so, I, um, yeah it would have been i guess nine years in total when you had it all up you put off up and on
0: you put up with being hit and being kicked and all that for 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 see, nine wasn't, years
1: this is me now see i I'm still doing it, you know, minimizing it. It wasn't always that, mm. but the I think all of us would ring the same of in the, in Haven and the groups you know it, it's actually the verbal and the mental abuse that's worse in a way because that destroys your whole hopes and your future and your you're, you're nearly your soul like you know yeah. to be told every day that you're that bad and that you're all this and that you'll never no one will ever want you this is you know the scars and the bruises they are bad and I'll carry them forever but it's the internal monologue that has kind of been ingrained in there that you can't get away from on a daily basis of am I really do you know it's yeah I say they all all the women in there would say the same that it's sometimes easier to have him lose it altogether and just you know that's a hard thing to say but the daily mental torture is definitely worse than than the um physical violence sometimes except for obviously not when it's last and damage and probably lifelong but i mean i met women in in groups that had their legs broken trying to get away so you know mine is nothing on that it's it's, it's this is what we're dealing with
0: you still can't minimise though what you were on no, the, the, recei- I, the receiving end of, and no. I mean, look, you—you've you, been very brave to come in here and chat with us today, and you—you you know, you wanted to highlight that you know Claire yeah. Haven did br- brilliantly for you and your children. Yeah, and children. I came out but the other side, and yeah, I would you like have come out the yeah. other side.
1: And I would really like your listeners to know that if you know they were looking for a sign or anything, or they were thinking, you know, even if they just sat at home thinking, wondering if it's abuse, you know, why do I, why am I crying all the time? Why is it making me feel? so bad and why do I second guess myself all the time it's not love it's abuse and it's traumatising for life and get help there are every, you know there's Clearhaven there's Women's Age there's even the Samaritans to talk to if you have nobody or ring an old, that old friend if you have no phone go somewhere safe because often you don't have a phone in these situations that would often be taken away from me a phone and a vehicle off and gone so get to somewhere safe a post office or a shop that knows you locally ask to use their phone or get them to use their phone if he's standing behind you get some kind of a message across because mm-hmm. that's the reality that some people are living with that they are being followed they are being watched and they can't get out of it and they have no phone and they feel like they've nobody but I'm here to tell them that they do you know there is organisations I'd nearly put my own phone number up there like why are the why is the they, the numbers should be everywhere it should, needs to be highlighted everywhere Ellen. you know and your show is obviously trying to highlight it, and that's great. So I'm really, I'm really glad that you that you asked me to to come on and say my bit. And um, I hope that maybe one listener at least thinks of ringing Claire Haven listening to uh, listening to the story.
0: Well, we really, really appreciate you coming in to tell your story, because it can't have been easy to tell. But in terms of highlighting for people who may be unfortunate enough to find themselves in a similar situation to the one you found yourself in hopefully it will spur them to contact Haven or other relevant services that can help them out Um, Sarah thank you so much for joining us in studio this morning and telling us your story